Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? They said to go on vacation, Amy. They they did. How How is that vacation going for you? Not much of one. Yeah, I I would say I would say not. So you went, you left a couple of days ago. We're recording yeah. this early Friday morning. You left a couple of days ago. So you've had some time with the yeah. family, mm-hmm. but you can't really avoid doing some work right now. No, I can't. So yep. it's working out okay, but you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, there's never a good timing for any of this. And um, this is no right. exception. And, you know, yeah. and not, not trying to make it all about me, obviously, but just saying, right. you know, no, it's no, just, no. but that's just, and the timing is. happens. I mean, you and I have both been in our jobs, been on vacations when, you know, things kind of come up and you, you're forced to deal with them. And you are, I was texting with Beth last night about, uh, about that. They, yes. Oh. Yeah. We have, we text, we have, okay. We text about, we have TV shows that we like PBS TV shows that we both like. We text about those sometimes. And, and then uh, we just texted very quickly last night about how uh, well this is. This has changed the vacation thing. So, yeah, but I that's, need a vacation but, for my vacation. That's right. That's right. But that's okay. That's what uh, that that's that's what happens. And we're we're all here to serve, and we we figure out how to do it. It's going to work out. We'll talk about. Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you're well aware of the news. Doctor Floyd has uh, announced his intent to resign from the SBC Executive Committee. As its president, we'll get to that news in just a minute. But first, before we do that, we do want to remind you, you only have one week left to sign up for next week's Southwestern Seminary Preview Day. If you're considering your next steps in theological education, you should be heading to Fort Worth, Texas next week for Southwestern Seminary's Fall Preview Day on October 22nd. That's next Friday. You'll have the chance to tour the campus, meet professors, talk with fellow students, meet President Adam W. Greenway, and experience the unique campus community of Southwestern Seminary. Visit swbts.edu slash preview to learn more and to register for fall preview day at Southwestern Seminary. Don't forget, tell them we sent you and you get a free mug. Maybe. We'll see. You made that up. <laughs> I you know. made that up initially and you're continuing to make it up. We're just going to see if it happens, you know? Okay. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's uh, tracking the uh, ROI, I guess. I can't wait for, I can't wait for the day when all of a sudden we like, we get a message from somebody at Southwestern that tells you to send the money in for the month, like that someone (laughs) came to get it and they'll charge you for it. You know what? If they have a hundred people show up and ask for mugs, I'll be happy to send the money for the mugs over there. They'll be excited to, to have each and every one who's coming to preview day. So that would be pretty cool. Very cool. All right. Well, Amy, let's jump into it. I mentioned it already. Ronnie Floyd, president and CEO of the SBC Executive Committee, has announced his intention to resign at the end of October from that position. That's right. So this happened, as, as I said, we're recording this early Friday morning. So this happened last night. I learned about it. I was at, at dinner. I had actually just posted. Um, I was with Tara Dew because she's in town this weekend and uh, with a, a group of people. And so uh, just was at dinner and then it came came through on my phone. So this hit last night and uh, it came with a, a pretty lengthy letter. We'll have a link to the Baptist Press article in the show notes and it has the letter at the bottom of that article. But some of the the quotes that you know you guys pulled is 
that he, he said the decisions made on Tuesday afternoon, October 5th, in response to the 2021 convention, now place our missionary enterprise as Southern Baptists into uncertain, unknown, unprecedented, and uncharted waters. And so that's, uh, of course, he's referring to the decision from last week where uh, the executive committee decided, the board decided to cooperate fully uh, with the contract that had been put forward by Guidepost Solutions that the the task force Ed Litton had appointed, the sexual abuse task force had had worked with, and that included waiving attorney-client privilege. And so the decisions made in response to the 2021 convention, so responding to the motion from the messengers to go kind of go full bore with that, with what the messengers had said uh, for the, the executive committee to, to respond the way they did. He's saying it it placed placed us in uncharted waters. And so then he said, Due to my personal integrity and the leadership responsibility entrusted to me, I will not and cannot any longer fulfill the duties placed upon me as the leader of the executive fiscal and fiduciary entity of the SBC. So essentially what the letter says is that because of where things are now, he doesn't believe he can continue. And so then he said, in the midst of deep disappointment and discouragement, we have to make this decision by our own choice. And to and do so willingly because there is no other ch- decision for me to make. So this this is where we are. This is kind of an uh, another you know fallout piece you know whatever things that kind of are have come and we have a few other things that we'll discuss kind of ripple effects of of last week. Um, but this is one. So there's also a quote from Roland Slade in that. In that story, he says, you know, I'm saddened by his resignation. He's had a tremendous ministry for years and years. I know he loves Southern Baptists. I know it was his intention to come to Nashville to serve Southern Baptists well. And I believe he's fulfilled that to the best of his ability. However, I understand the vote of the committee put him in a very difficult position. So that's what's going on. And of course, everyone, as I always say, if you're the type of person that listens to an SBC podcast, this is not the first time you've heard this news. You would have heard it already. Uh, so let's now just ask the question, what's next? So Jonathan, tell us, we, we're in a spot that we were in about three and a half years ago. So it hasn't been that long. And actually three and a half years ago, you were in the room for a lot of the 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 things after that and can tell us so what happens next where do we go from here you, well, you, you know, went to you went to the yeah, meeting where they yeah, sort of determined what was next yeah so and that makes us familiar with the bylaws obviously i'm an employee there now and i'm also familiar with the bylaws because of that but the bylaws of the ec call for a seven member search committee to be formed to begin the search process for a new president six of those members are existing trustees who are voted like you nominate whoever you want. Like there's open nominations and people say, I nominate Frank. I nominate Joe. I nominate Beth. I nominate Jill. And then everybody in the room picks their people. You, you get to vote on six. So you have a list of people that are nominated. You get to pick six of those and the six with the highest vote count. They're your, your search committee with the chairperson of the board. And they act as an ex officio member. It's full voting rights and everything, but they're on the committee as the chairman of the board. So it's not appointed by the chairman like we see in some other instances. It's not appointed by another group. It's not like a, you know, the president and the, the officers or the, the search committee. It's not that either. It's just whoever the sixth highest vote getters are plus the chairman 
that's the committee. So, and then when we went through that and you can actually go back and look at, you know, some of the Baptist press coverage uh, of that time, you know, that, that was a committee that met over several months and, and things also in the interim, the EC bylaws refer to an interim uh, president comes from existing vice presidents. So, and that, and the officers uh, can handle that. So we'll just see sort of where, where they go. The purpose of an interim time really is to say, look, we've got things that have to be done. You know, um, an annual meeting has to be planned for cooperative program money has to be dispersed. There are some very important tasks that are sort of unseen that the executive committee staff deals with day to day. And so I think that's what is going to kind of have to be the focus next. There is um, certainly an investigation that's going on, but at this stage, it's really just about cooperating with that. And then there are daily tasks uh, that have to be done. So, well, and, and there's also the work of the committee. I mean, you've got to prepare for the work of the committee. The committee's work does not stop. And I, and I mean that by the members of the committee. You know, right. they meet in September. We just had that meeting and right. subsequent meetings. And then they also meet in February. And a lot of the, you know, kind of heavy lifting business was moved to February because of what they were dealing with in September. So in about four months, you're kind of staring down the barrel of big decisions that have to be made on the committee side of things too. So there's a lot of work that goes under that. So, you know, it's, you know, there's a lot of stuff that are still happening here. That's right. And there were a ton of motions that got referred to the Mm -hmm. executive committee at the annual meeting, and those have not all been dispensed with. So that is, that's that's what I'm talking about. A lot of the bigger ones got moved to February because you kind of split up the work there between the two meetings. That's right. So there's plenty to do. And now uh, the, the staff has to, you know, keep, keep showing up, keep doing everything. Uh, So that's kind of what, what is next. And uh, we have, but, but as I mentioned, there's few, there've been a few other things, few other developments this week related to last week's decision. So maybe you can kind of tell us uh, about, about that, Jonathan. So a couple of things. First of all, the committee on cooperation was named. Remember we talked about that last week, two members of the executive committee, the new members, uh, named by the task force, two members named by EC Chairman Roland Slate. Those members are John Batts, who is a bivocational pastor up in the northwest corner of Washington, and Nancy Spaulding, a layperson and CPA from Michigan. The task force chose two people as well, as we mentioned, and that is Oklahoma Pastor Mike Keybone and Texas Pastor Chris Dupree to serve on the committee. So those four, along with SBC President Ed Litton will make up the Committee on Cooperation. Yeah, and just to to be clear, the what this group does is to be representative representatives of the executive committees who sort of help facilitate the the cooperation of the executive committee with the investigation. There will be questions or things that they need, and so this is a group of people who make sure that that happens. Um, and I think we mentioned this, but just to remind again, they all had to be new members of the board because the scope of the investigation ends at June 14th, 2021. So they have to be board members who are not sitting under the scope of that investigation. So they are individuals on the board who are sort of outside that. So there's a a just conflict of interest, you know, piece. Another thing that was interesting is Roland Slade's two choices. He specifically chose a person who had voted yes and a person who had voted no. 
because he wanted to say, now we may have been on opposite sides of this, but we're going to have to move forward and take the decision that the board has made and to do what is next. And so he wanted to model that and push that going forward. And so that was kind of an interesting aspect of, of his choices of his choice as well. Uh, so that's, uh, that, that's what will come next. Now it's possible that when it comes to the investigation from this stage, we may not have a ton of news about the investigation itself because they're getting to work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we don't really know. We, we heard that we were going to get, you know, quote, monthly periodic updates, uh, from the task force or from guidepost. We don't know what that looks like or, you know, the frequency there that you did say monthly, but, uh, we'll see what those look like whenever they start coming in. But like you said, I, they're getting down to work and we just, uh, need to kind of sit back, pray for them and, and let them do the job that they've been tasked with. Some other news, Jim Gunther and Jamie Jordan informed the executive committee earlier this week because of the decision last week of the uh, waiving of privilege in the investigation. They are going to end their relationship with Southern Baptist. A 56-year relationship with Jim Gunther and Southern Baptist come to an end as they have withdrawn from their role as general counsel to the Southern Baptist Convention and the executive committee of the Southern Baptist Convention. Yes. So they essentially said, just a segment from that letter said, because the attorney-client privilege existed, uh, these persons, and that would be um, members or employees of the executive committee, have on occasion shared with us sensitive information, which we needed in order to competently represent the executive committee. Until now, a decision by the board to waive attorney-client privilege was not reasonably foreseeable. However, going forward, we can no longer assure executive committee and convention personnel with whom we work that the privacy of their communications with their lawyers will be secure. So I guess essentially what they're saying is we gave all this advice and counsel during these years. And now this board has determined that it will you know, waive attorney client privilege. So going forward, we can't assume that that wouldn't happen again. And that changes the work that we are doing. That That's kind of the logic that that they laid out. Um, there's, uh, th- there's some discussions about attorney client privilege in the letter. That was a two page letter. We will have that, um, that story from Baptist press in the show notes as well. And you can click a link that goes to, to see that letter. So, uh, we've got, you know, with, with all these things that are unfolding, we have full texts of these letters so that, that people can, can see them for themselves. Um, the response to that, uh, Ronnie Floyd, who, you know, re- responded to this earlier this week, you know, just commented that they, uh, how long, I mean, they've been, they've been there, Jim Gunther in particular since 1966 and commented on the loss of that institutional knowledge, which will be, I mean, that, that, that will be quite a change, uh, mm-hmm. because we do have someone who we, in Jim Gunther, who's been around and seen, uh, seen a, a great deal. And so that, that will be a shift. Um, but in all kind of the next steps of the executive committee, uh, everybody will have to kind of figure out what to do about that, about legal counsel. Yeah. It's just going to be different not having them around for things, you know? Right. Right. I mean, he is, uh, they've been a fixture, uh, particularly Jim Gunther. Do you know the first time that I actually remember seeing him is in that, because uh, 2006 was my first yeah, SBC, Greensboro. right? That's also the speech uh, for Wiley Drake. Yes. And when you watch, oh, that's the, right. 
when you watch the video of the Wiley Drake speech, not the nomination speech, Jim Gunther is sitting in the background because that's when all the people sat up on the stage. You know, the, the platform folks used to sit up on the stage sort of behind everything and now sit over to the side a, a little bit down. And so um, he's right in the background and he just laughs over and over again because it was a pretty funny speech. Um, but anyway, that's the first time I ever saw him. But obviously I've worked with him for the last five years with both with both of them. And it will be very strange for them to not be around. Yes. My, my favorite line in that is, why am I nominating Wiley Drake for second vice president of the SBC because there's not a third vice president, vice president of, of the, the SBC. And I want you to know, Jim so Gunther great. thought that, uh, yeah, Jim Gunther thought that was funny too. Cause I remember. It's hilarious. He, he, he it's laughs. a great line. It's yes. a great line. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, Hey, enough EC news. We have other news around the Southern Baptist convention in Colorado. We've got a new executive director, Amy. Yes. Uh, Mike proud. So he is a former Colorado pastor he grew up right outside of, of Denver. He has pastored all over the place. He's pastored in Missouri, Colorado, California, was director of discipleship at the Mile High Baptist Association in the like it, late, late 90s, early 2000s. On October 11th, it was named that he will be the next executive director. He's currently the director of missions for the Orange County Southern Baptist Con- Association in Southern California. So uh, so he's basically coming back to Colorado. That will be effective December 1st. So he's got some things uh, I would imagine he has to finish up in California. Um, the first first thing I saw of this announcement was someone, I can't remember who it was, and they said, I'm proud of Mike Proud. And I thought, well, that was just too easy right there. Yes. Kind of a I, would imagine, there. I, I would imagine he's heard that a number of times over yes. his life whenever something happens. Yes. Uh, but we got those state exec spots there. They're filling up. You know, we yes. have openings and people moving around, you know, Nathan Lorick going from one state to another and they, they keep, you know, finding the spots. So, yeah, I think the only one open now is Maryland, Delaware. I believe you're right. Yeah. Cause this one has been open for a while. Indiana had been open for a while. Indiana just filled theirs with Ryan Struther. Now this one with Mike Proud and uh, got a chance to sit down with Mike Proud and have breakfast with him about four or five months ago when I went out to California for the first time, when we went out to do site visit and everything for the annual meeting, because he's the local associational missionary strategist. So we sat down, had breakfast with him, me and Jeff Pearson from the EC, really great guy and uh, really enjoyed our time with him. So really kind of sad that he's leaving the Anaheim area. Uh, but we do know that he's he's kind of set them up for a lot of success out there. So I'm excited about that and excited for him. You know, it's a, it's a great thing, you know, kind of coming home like he's doing to Colorado. So congrats to Mike Proud on that. And Amy, it is the fall, and you know what that means. State annual meetings. It's That's time right. to make the rounds. It's also time for, you know, bonfires and s'mores, but state annual right. meetings as well. So the uh, we have our first group, Amy. We have... 41 of these that we do every year. That's right. That's right. But we got, we're going to, we're, we're going to hang we're not gonna out do all of them in, at once. We should, we, you know, what if we, what if we held them all and just did one episode and nothing but state right recaps that that would be a really long episode. It would be a lot of names. Okay. So we're going to start in Alaska, the great white North Alaska held theirs earlier in September, 145 people from 39 of Alaska's 110 churches were present at 
First Baptist Church of North Pole, Alaska. I wonder if Santa was there. Well, the, I I didn't I don't see him in the pictures, so I don't know. Okay, but hey, Santa uh, was at the Santa was actually. But is at Santa the, Southern Baptist? Well, Santa was at the Southeastern Society meeting this week. That's right. Well, because we you have can, a yeah yeah we have a professional, a professional Santa. Santa. Yeah. yeah, you've talked about him he on here there. before, I think. Yeah, he had a jing- he had jing- he has jingle bells he carries with him and he jingles when he walks. Go As ahead. one does. As one Keep does. Going. All right, so they approved their budget of $881,555, which is about $4,500 down from last year because of benefit cost savings, they say. It's a 20-80 split where they keep 80% in state and send on 20% of the cooperative program giving. And also they reelected their officers. All of the officers were reelected to a second one-year term, President Tom Hoffman. Vice President Robert Scott, Second Vice President Keith Longo, Recording Secretary Jody Winquist. So uh, they um, also celebrated the formalization of a longtime informal partnership between the Alaska and Alabama state conventions. And Rick Lance was on hand to promote the newly defined covenant relationship. So partnered together with Alabama and Alaska. So kind of cool thing going on there. All right, Amy, to the Dakotas we go. All right. So this was the one that I had wanted to go to this year, uh, not knowing the transition that I would have because they met in North Dakota. I could have realized my dream state number 50 and I gave it up when I made this change. But uh, Mandan, North Dakota is where the Dakota's Baptist Convention, they they met. And this this is exciting. And I got to see the beginnings of this last year. They celebrated their plan to be a state convention that is decreasingly dependent, increasingly independent, but always cooperating. And so they really started that transition last year, working toward um, kind of full to be fully, you know, self-sustaining. So they had 81 messengers and 19 guests. Um, and those, they, they represented like the, the convention's 85 different churches that are there. So um, they gathered under the theme of willing and working together for him. Uh, so really exciting. They had, what they were celebrating was the first operating budget in their history that's fully funded by the churches of the Dakota Baptist Convention. So last year was when they sort of stepped back with some of the changes that were happening with NAM and and uh, the relationship between state conventions. They took that as a moment to say, this is a big step for us, and we're ready to to step out. And, and, and it was a great spirit in the room last year. And so this was the year they got to actually say, here we go. It's our first operating budget that we're doing ourselves. So that budget is set at $482,924. Um, it is anticipating 428400 in CP giving from Dakota Baptist churches. Of that, 25% will be passed on to national and international Southern Baptist causes. Uh, they did also have some officers elected. Jeffrey Mueller from Restore Church in Yankton, South Dakota, uh, was elected president. Josh Brown from Redeeming Grace Church in Rapid City, South Dakota, was elected vice president. And then Karen Holmes from First Baptist Church in Woolsey, South Dakota, rec- is recording secretary, and Debbie Flowers, uh, 
from Living Hope Baptist Church in Fargo, North Dakota, as assistant recording secretary. So uh, they're also going to be creating, uh, or they're they also have a task force that's already been created by their executive board that will look ahead at sort of the work as a convention and develop a plan to guide cooperative efforts. Uh, so really, it sa- sounds like a great time. One thing I noticed last year was because in the Dakotas, their churches are so far apart. They really do not get the opportunity for camaraderie that maybe a lot of us, you know, experience. And, and so those state annual meetings are incredibly important to them because that's when they get to really be together. And so uh, I'm really excited for them. Sorry, I couldn't be there and sorry, I couldn't actually be in North Dakota, but definitely celebrating from afar. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, one of the cool things about North Dakota, the the officers in the Dakotas that they elected, Jeff Mueller and Josh Brown, both native Dakotans, both church planting in their hometowns. So that's really uh, kind of a kind of a cool thing there. So uh, congrats to those guys and uh, excited about what's going on in the Dakotas. Over to Montana we go. 125 people from 43 of Montana's 135 churches gathered in Missoula to celebrate the first anniversary of their seven-year partnership with the Missouri Baptist Convention. So we, we talked about the partnership of Alaska and Alabama. Missouri partners with the Montana Baptist Convention. So kind of a cool thing there. We've, we've seen that you know before with uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and the BGCT, Texas Baptist down there. So it's a kind of a normal yeah. thing and kind of a neat little thing there. They passed a budget of just over $1 million, uh, slightly up, uh, about $100,000 up from last year's budget. And they send on 25% of the CP gifts to national and international causes. And 75% stays there in Montana. A couple of notes from the meeting. Emmanuel Baptist Church in Billings has begun the first Hispanic church plant in Montana this past year. So that's a big deal thing. Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, So really, really cool. Um, Yellowstone Christian College, uh, which is kind of the Baptist college there in Montana. They've uh, recently moved. I think we talked about that on the podcast. They also elected trustees to serve a three-year term at the college. Paige Patterson, uh, Ronnie Rogers, Bruce Spear, and Luke Taylor were elected as trustees to Yellowstone College. Again, Yellowstone Christian College, we mentioned it. They moved from a 13-acre property in Billings out to a 563-acre site in Kalispell near Glacier National Park. And uh, classes started there this past August. So a lot going on up there in Montana. So uh, you got the link to all three of those stories in the podcast show notes. And Amy, finally, we're uh, talking about those annual meetings. Well, let's talk about the national annual meeting. We set a new record a couple weeks ago for hotel reservations on the first day that housing opened. Uh, you and I, we've, we've made a big deal out of this over the past few years is, you know, decisions are made by those who show up. Well, those who show up need a place to rest their head. And so you needed to get hotel reservations. Well, 1,894 reservations for a total of 8,602 room nights were booked on October 1st. Pretty incredible. So the last high mark for reservations in one day had happened in 2019 in anticipation of 2020 that year 1613 reservations were made that was for orlando this is for yeah. anaheim 1894 yeah. so lots of people have booked booked their rooms so yes. i think we got folks coming to california yes it's going to be exciting 
a lot of people in California. So, the, you know, everybody's kind of wondered about when we go west, you know, Phoenix, we've seen the, the attendance right, hover right around 5,000, kind of wondering where things are going to be this year in Anaheim. Well, looks like people are coming to Anaheim. So that's going to be exciting. Can't wait for Anaheim in June of next year. So if you don't have hotel reservations yet, you can still book those. Some of those are still available. Plenty of rooms available at the surrounding hotels, a very walkable convention center area this year because it's it's right next to Disneyland and there are hotels aplenty in the area. So kind of cool. And I just want to say, of course, I, we've got a, you know, our plan for the hotel, obviously Keith, you know, as provost will, will be there, but I am still trying. It's still my attempt to convince him to let us drive our RV across the country and go out there um to have this this great epic trip and so far does, it's does been Keith a, know this? Uh, oh he knows i've been trying okay so far it's been a, a a total no because he said it would take us a whole week or more to get out there a week yeah. or more to get back but if any of you lis- listening see him between now and june uh please put in a good word for me i'm still gonna keep trying i mean all you gotta do is just have it gassed up ready to go after graduation in may and i think you'll make it i think you'll make it by by the convention in the middle of june yeah just hit the road so at this stage we are planning to be in the hotel with everyone else but that could change if enough people could convince keith uh to change his mind so they have rv hookups on the dock i'll take it so okay yep i I, but i'm guessing there's probably one with like a beach overlook nearby you know, down in Orange County somewhere. It's got to be, I mean, it's Disneyland. There's got to be like a place even near there. But anyway, so far. It's got to be like some kind of Goofy's RV hookups. And, you know, like Camp Wilderness down in in Orlando. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, so, so far it's a, it's, it's a, a very, very certain no, but perhaps we can all change his mind. You can soften him up. It'll be all right. That's right. Okay. All right. Well, hey, that's it for our news this week, and that's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. Since we're talking about hotels, we're going to go to 1952 and a similar announcement about hotels. So this was telling everyone that Houston hotel reservations should be made at once because there was a, a lot of concern. It was going to be, that's when the the convention happened in May, but the chairman of the local publicity committee said lack of hotel space is one of the challenges as Houston was growing. He said, Houston is a boom town. It's bustling port chemical plants and refineries have contributed to phenomenal growth. Um, but the facilities of Houston haven't, you know, completely kept pace. So that there's a lot of hotels but, uh, but the people are probably gonna have to stay in homes and, you know, things like that. But then they listed the recommended hotels and I just want to point out, so the hotels go all the way to like hotels that were nine miles away where a single room started at $6 a night. That's a far cry from where we are now. Not the Anaheim Marriott. Yeah, so $6 a night up to $16 a night. High rollers. Um, yeah, yeah. So then there were um then there were some other, you know, motels that that if people wanted to do something different, not do, you know, the larger ones. There's one that was 2 miles from the Coliseum. The minimum rate was $5 a night. Uh it's pretty incredible. So I'm going to throw this in the show notes uh this um 
Was this one where you had to like send in your money to Nashville and they would book you and tell you where you were booked? No, it wasn't. It's very different. It was where I think you had to, to call the hotel, you know, yourself, but what they did was they listed like, here's how far it is. If you want to do this one, it's, it'll cost this much. It's six blocks basically, but you had to do it on your own. So they were telling people in October, if you want to come do it, make your plans now. So it's kind of like, you know, decision, you know, yeah, (laughs) do, do it now. So uh, anyway, I just thought it was really fascinating because here we are having this conversation. Well, they were doing the same this week in SBC history. So you should go check out the the show notes, click that link and see the real difference in all those rates. Yeah. And see if Lynn Richmond can get you a $16 a night hotel right now. Actually, I don't yes. know if I'd want to stay in a $16 a night hotel. Uh, yeah, probably not now. So that rate today, Amy, would be around $165. Okay. So that's, you know, the $16 a night hotel. That's not too bad. Right. That's right. not too bad. Okay. So that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? Uh, mine is a book that I may have actually done this, uh, given this before. I'm not really sure, but it is released this week. And it's part of, uh, it's a project I got to be a part of and a conference that I'm a part of this weekend. It's called The Whole Woman Ministering to Her Heart, Soul, Mind, and Strength. And it is, uh, it's a book that talks that that really is for people who are ministering to women. Um, and so it looks at what it means to care for another woman holistically, heart, soul, mind, and strength. So how to actually focus in on emotions, relationships, you know, just all of these different things, what it means to care holistically for women, uh, particularly in, uh, related to discipleship. And so it's a book that was edited by Kristen Kellen and Julia Higgins, who are are, uh, on faculty at Southeastern Seminary, but has a number of contributors. We all contributed different chapters. And so I uh, contributed a chapter on spiritual disciplines, but other people that were involved in the project were Emily Dean from New Orleans uh, Seminary, Tara Dew, that's why she's here, Kelly King from Lifeway, Leslie Hildreth. Christy Thornton and Missy Branch, all also from. Sounds Southeastern like a pretty solid Europe conference there. With me, uh, so yeah, so we've we've got that going on at Southeastern this weekend. Um, as a, it, I mean, it is a it's a women's conference, but it's really a a, a conference for women who are are ministering to women. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Got uh, some great keynotes from Tara and Kelly, I believe, and and some breakouts. I'll be doing a breakout and a panel and things. So it's going to be great. But the book is sort of part of that, and it just released this week, um, published by B and H. So I'm very excited about that, and wanted to throw that out there. All right, very cool. All right, my resource of the week is the new 2022 SBC calendar. The calendar's been out for a while. It was announced back in like February, whenever we had the EC meeting, and then we'd had it in the book of reports as well as the annual uh, that have come out since then. So it's it's been out for a while, but we just officially released like the the graphic version of it or whatever. So uh, a way for people to kind of follow along with what's going on around the SBC. And one of the big differences this year are the monthly emphases. So instead of uh, having so many Sundays on on things, we we still have some Sunday emphases, obviously, but that number is down in favor of monthly emphasis that allows churches to kind of do what they want to do and, and kind of modify it for their local context. So each month has a different focus 
for the month. And uh, like in January, focus on Christian discipleship. And it kind of ties in with what is going on in the month, which is the January Bible study. So you got January Bible study in January. So January's focus is Christian discipleship. Same with kind of like July, where you've got Religious Liberty Sunday, which is right around July 4th every year. It's the focus on Christian citizenship. So uh, focus on Christian service month is August. And then you've got in there, you got Sin Relief Sunday, SBC Serve Sunday, which is a new thing from Sin Relief and NAM, and Global Hunger Sunday. So, you know, you kind of see how those kind of fit together. So still have the, uh, the some of the big dates that we, we've always had. I mean, just things that you, you expect to be on the SBC calendar every year, as well as, uh, you know, kind of some, some of the newer things, like the George Lyle Sunday uh, on church planning, evangelism, and missions. So, you know, you still got some of those things on the annual calendar. Uh, but uh, kind of check that out and uh, celebrate that throughout the year in your local church. It's uh, kind of a little bit easier for churches to use it and to decide how they will focus on those emphases in their local context. There you go. Well, John, well, Jonathan, I hope I hope you enjoy what uh, the the days that you are still on vacation what and vacation the time you your, have left. Yes, and and the time with your family, uh, and we do really appreciate your work. And know that it's it, it's important. Like the, when these things happen, folks have to step up. And thank you for that. But in the sort of middle times, uh, I hope that you have a good good time with your family. Yeah. So been hanging out at Dollywood, doing some stuff there. Hadfields and McCoys. We love that show. Kids love that. So kids are having a blast. We're having a good time. So uh, you know, it's it's uh, we're in Pigeon Forge, obviously. So. Right. It's been fun, and uh, we're going to get back to it today, and um, just uh, you know, keep it tuned to SBC this week as well as Baptist Press uh, for any news or other information that may come out in the days ahead. So, uh, thanks to everybody for listening, Amy. I'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>